Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hello and welcome to Talking Fast. Where somebody I, this week told oh. me I talk too fast. <laughs> You have a sparkle on your forehead. Do I? I you, thought I saw one in the mirror. <laughs> Did I get it? I think it just got it. it. I think it just got it. back to another episode of talking fast this is manager jacob and what are you drinking right now you just seemed panicked that you didn't know what you were drinking oh, I was before panicking we started recording i was just drinking a little bit of water and people were calling me out in the comments recently being like oh thank god jacob is actually drinking something other than water now that these episodes are rolling out where i actually had interesting beverages in front of me today i've got nothing but what i have been drinking because it's a little cold outside I was teased with some spring weather, but then the snow came back here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm, you know what? I, I, I went back into red wine. Been enjoying red a little wine. red wine and just like, you know, a, cla- a little classy glass of red mm-hmm. wine on a Thursday evening. Nothing hits like it. Are you a red wine in the winter, white wine in the summer guy? Are you a red wine? All you know what? I mess around person? with red wine in the summer a little bit, mm-hmm. but not as much as white wine. Do you ever you mix know? in a rosé? No, you know what? I don't. I don't mess with rosé at all. I'm oh, almost. I am almost. I'll say it here first on the podcast. I'm anti rosé. Choose one. Try the Lola sparkling rosé. I used to be anti rosé until I drank that rosé. Okay, what does it taste like? It's dry, mm, like super okay, dry. I don't like the like the sweet. sweet. So me neither. Me neither. But the sparkling rosé from Lola and like OG vlog watchers viewers will remember because i used to like exclusively drink that in the pandemic. Okay, I'll pick up a bottle and check it out. And Sarah? it's from Ontario. Oh. It's a V. Okay, QA, support local. Right? I'm into VQO? it. VQA. VQA. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Sarah, um, I I think this was teased a little bit because I see it kind of beside <laughs> you. And you claimed a couple of weeks ago that you had quit Diet Coke. I, was, I, I claimed I was attempting True. to quit. True. Let's not shame. But <laughs> this is my here? second Diet Coke today. <laughs> 
I just realized. And then also I just had to like turn to burp because <laughs> like this is the issue of why I don't drink it. I, what I would like to know, please comment. If you're a Diet Coke person like myself, are you a canned Diet Coke person, a bottle hey, or a gonna, fountain? I was just going to say, I was like an interesting choice that you have a bottle. Hmm. Are you typically a bottle? Or you I did it because I was throwing it in my purse and I wanted to drink some on the way here. So I'm not normally a bottle person, but bottle when I'm like on the go, this is my on the go Diet Coke. A can if I'm eating like lunch in the cafeteria. Um, and then a fountain is preferred always. I don't, I don't know if I know this about you. Do you at like your day job have a cafeteria? Have a cafeteria? <laughs> Not like in the building. <laughs> do you it's have like, a, is there like a classic <laughs> lunch no, no, person no, no. who's going to serve um, out? I'm really, the other trait I was trying to do for the new year, which it's not even the new year anymore, it's been months, was not buying my lunch. When I say cafeteria, I mean like the calves, like the food courts, the food, food courts. Court. I call it the cafeteria. Oh my God, even. I'm going to refer to food courts exclusively <laughs> as cafeterias. That's now. what they are though. They are cafeterias. You're not wrong, but like I've it's never would think It's the same thing. I don't know why. I've just always called them the cafeteria and then I get made fun of at work for it too. But yeah, I... So is this going to be an ongoing thing or are you uh, going to try to quit Am I going to try to quit again? Um, I don't know i've cut back like what i used to do when i was like really on the juice is i would go to the drugstore the <laughs> and then i would buy a case of diet coke so i was like oh my god sir you're getting rinsed when they like go yeah you go down true. to like it's the like food court 50 or something yeah like it's that. like 350 whatever and so instead for like seven dollars i buy a case of diet coke and i looked like a maniac walking through the office with like two cases of diet coke i'd keep it under my desk and then that's what i drink instead. you're a budgeting pro then you're so i stopped like doing that i only have one when i crave one which is every day so i try i'm trying Okay, Sarah, what are you reading or watching this week? We got to move on. <laughs> okay, so by the time this episode goes out, it'll be after the Oscars. So that's why this is going to be a very interesting take because this picture could be best picture. Oh, what'd you watch? I fell asleep watching, I never know how to pronounce it, and I'm literally going to read it. The Banshees of... In a sh- I didn't even write it. The Banshees of Inish. <laughs> Inish. The Banshees this of Banshees. I fell Banshees. asleep watching Banshees. This is the one with Colin Farrell and yep. the other guy that the was The other guy in, that's in, in Bruges. In Bruges yeah. Which, by the way, I'm going to Bruges now. Oh. TikTok convinced me. So that's a side note. Okay. Anyways. Um, yeah, I fell asleep. Look, I understand the premise. I understood it's supposed to be about like people holding grudges and men's mental health and all this stuff. Important messaging. I just think it was a snooze fest and I fell asleep halfway through, woke up. Is it a full on drama? Is it like trying no, to be? No, f- it's like funny. It's like a dark comedy. Okay. Nolan loved it. He was like laughing the whole time and I'm like, what like deep rooted things is <laughs> this movie? What was the other movie that this person did? The Lobster, right? Or something like that? I have no idea. Is that the same director? I don't, I don't care. It was beautiful and that was the only thing that was interesting about it and Look, I might be eating my words because it might by the time this comes out of one best picture and I will be grossly disappointed. But if I, that happened, everyone comment and just call it. <laughs> I, I will call it myself, but I just was so bored. But you know what? Everyone has their own opinion. I once uh, reviewed a movie that ended up being nominated for best picture and I gave it like two and a, two and a half what stars out of five. It? The kids are all right. It was years and years ago. The kids are all right. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Okay, so like, what have you been watching slash reading? I was watching this week the Andrew Huberman podcast, and he was. It was a kind of an older interview by a few weeks. Excuse me, but he was interviewing Rick Rubin, the music producer. He's mm. produced for like a ton of top artists. Anyway, he had a new book come out, and it was a really interesting chat. It was like three hours long, all about creativity and how do you tap into creativity and like Rick Rubin's kind of thoughts on everything from meditation to some like wacky health stuff. Interesting chat. And also his, so his book came out, Rick Rubin's new book on creativity. It's called The, the Creative Act, Way of Being. 
I have been trying to buy this book because I, you talked about this last episode, got out of your reading slump. I've been in a reading slump for a mm. while. I have like probably five or six books half read that are just cracked open with a bookmark in them waiting to be finished. Mm-hmm. So I was like, this is the one that's going to do it. Go to buy it. It's gone. It's nowhere to oh, be Oh, it's found. sold out. Yeah. So it's a popular <gasps> book. So maybe it's a good thing, you know? Yeah, that so means when... it prop- will get you out of your slump, but you're just going to have to live in your slump for a little bit longer. Exactly. I suppose. Okay. And finally, what are we listening to? Well, Sarah, this is an exciting one because after you, this will come out, I'm not sure exactly when, but you did an exciting interview recently with Jordan Davis that's mm-hmm. going to be on a Talking Fast episode in a probably a couple weeks. But he's <laughs> an amazing country artist who was in town here. Yeah. And, you know, when I knew that you were going to do that, I started listening to him. I was like, I know a bunch of these songs. And yeah, that's what bangers. everybody said. Nolan isn't a country music fan either. Came to the show and I was like, oh, like, did you enjoy it? He goes, like every country artist, I feel like he was like, oh, as soon as he started singing, I was like, oh, I know that song. Oh, I know that yeah, song. It's like very yeah. like summer vibey drinking music. I know. Speaking about the winter coming back, I think maybe that's why I got hooked again because I'm just like looking for something to take me out of a winter slump as well. I really, and I'm so mad I forgot to tell him. I really wanted to tell Jordan Davis that you became a country fan because of riding your Peloton. I oh, thought that, that would have been nice. And I totally forgot. my life. I was so nervous. But next time, next time. What are you listening to? I have... And I'm ashamed to say it because I was very vocal about despising this show, but it's changed now. I've been listening to a lot of Caller Daddy. Oh, look. Okay, what got Call, you in? Well, which interview? Her, the, the John Mayer one first. Okay. The interview. I mean, like I listened to the Haley Bieber one forever mm-hmm. ago. Then John Mayer, but recently I've been going back and listening to more episodes. She just interviews everyone. Like she gets, like Alex Cooper gets everyone. Big names. Like the way that she is. Honestly, so much respect for Alex Cooper. The way she has transitioned her career from like being known as like a raunchy barstool podcast. Let's be honest, that's how I saw it. At least I never listened to it, and I don't agree with barstool, so I don't listen to anything that's under that umbrella. Yeah. When she moved to Spotify, I was like skeptical. Um, and I didn't listen to the first season or anything, but recently, like the Kelsey Ballerini episode was so good. Like she's been getting everyone. And I think it's just like, she feels like they're just talking to a friend. So everyone wants to come on the show. And I've been really impressed with it actually. You know what I've seen? I haven't. I've never listened to a full episode. Maybe I should mm-hmm. dive in. No, that's a lie. I listened to the Miley Cyrus one. Oh, that yes. That was good. Yeah. Um, but you know what I appreciate about her too? As an interviewer, she always gets the tea. Always gets the tea. We're still waiting for it here. That's <laughs> your dream though. <laughs> So, Jacob, how are we sleeping right now? Sarah, you know, I have been not sleeping very well. What about you? I have gotten better. A big goal for this year is to prioritize sleep for me. And, you know, having a good nighttime routine helps with that. But being as busy as I am, sometimes I do sacrifice my sleep. And that's why we're actually partnering with Sleep Country Canada to show the powerful impact that sleep can have on your mental and physical well-being in celebration of World Sleep Day coming up on March 17th. Yes, super important. And we're taking part in the 248-hour challenge, which Sleep Country is actually challenging people to get a full eight hours for 31 days straight in March. I'll be interested to see out of the two of us who manages to do it. It's almost like a challenge between us as well. I know, and we're kind of in the middle of it here. And you know what? I've still got some bad habits, but with the help of Sleep Country... We're hopefully going to change these. Exactly, because sleep has such a positive impact on mental well-being and physical health as well. And to do that, we're focusing on building better habits. So Sarah, what can we do to get better sleep this month and beyond? Okay, first one is going to bed at the same time every night to develop consistency. 
definitely something I need to work on. Yeah, I'm not good at that either. That's actually where reading has really helped me because it keeps me off of my device before bed. I'm not staring at a screen. I'm just looking at pages and then I can put it away and get a good night's sleep. Huge, a little wind down time. Exactly. Setting your thermostat to a comfortable temperature I think is the biggest game changer. I personally like sleeping in the cold. What about you? Yes, okay, that is maybe one of the tips where I am nailing it. I like to have a nice warm place in the daytime, but yeah. then at night, let's cool it cool down. Cool it down. Bring it down a couple degrees. Maybe a little fan or something. Whatever's going to make you feel comfortable, right? If I could have a fan in my bedroom all year round, I guess I could. I'm an adult. I can do what I want, but <laughs> I would do that because I love sleeping in the cold. I love being all curled up. Yes. It's the best. One that is a staple in my life is creating a calming bedtime routine. So that's taking a bath, reading a book. As I mentioned, the bath one's really big for me. I put in some like Epsom salts in there, some lavender that makes you a little sleepy. Um, I think just creating a cozy nighttime routine really helps set you up for success and a good night's sleep. You know what? I've done that too. I'll, sometimes I'll take a little essential oil spray. We love that. On the pillows. Ooh, Game good changer. To go. One thing in adulthood that I have learned is there is nothing better than also keeping your bed super comfortable with comfortable pillows, nice sheets, a good mattress. You spend like so much of your life in your bed. So why would you not invest in the absolute best things to help you have the best sleep? Exactly. So I want to talk a little bit about how sleep is really good for not just mental health, but physical health. And I think we're two good examples of physical health and mental health. So physical health, you're training for a marathon right now. So how important is sleep for you? Yeah, I mean, I'm training for a marathon and, and a big part of that is just getting a lot of kilometers in in, in uh, the practice of it all. And, you know, you can only really add up so many miles if you're getting a really restorative period in between your runs. And a huge part of that is sleep. So are you waking up rested in those early mornings on the weekend to be able to get your long runs in? Mm -hmm. Are you recovering appropriately, uh, you know, day to day when you actually have a rest period? It's not something that I've been great at in the past, but what I'm really trying to focus on uh, over the next little bit. And then so Sarah, on the other side of things for mental well-being, sleep also has a massively positive impact when it comes to mental health, right? Yeah. And I've really over the last, I'd say a couple of years of doing my little self-care Sundays or just self-care content in general, a big part of it has been winding down before bed and making sure I get a good night's sleep. Because I'm so busy, I really need to prioritize that time because if I don't get a good night's sleep, I'm cranky the next day and it derails everything. And when you're as busy as I am, that never helps. So that's why going off my phone an hour before and reading before bed is so important. I've invested in good pillows, good sheets. I have a silk pillowcase now and it's like got that cool feeling when I, I just, I get excited to go to bed now and have that rest period for myself and that just helps me with my mental well-being overall. Yeah, that's super important. And I mean, I think also just being present and actually thinking about how important sleep mm -hmm. is and that's probably why taking part of the 248 hour sleep challenge is so important, right? Exactly, eight hours of sleep every single night for all of March. I think we can do it if we put our minds to it. We're also encouraging all of our listeners and viewers of Talking Fast to take part in this challenge with us. The 248-hour sleep challenge, you can learn more at sleepcountry.ca. So with more than 25 years of experience in the field of sleep, Sleep Country, they know what they're talking about. These are the people that we need to learn from. And you can get more information and more resources about sleep and getting a healthy good night's sleep at sleepcountry.ca. <laughs> The first time
time I met this guest was almost eight years ago in a Pittman Hall restroom at Toronto Metropolitan University. Then a week later, we ended up in the same business class where I quickly learned she's one of the most business savvy minded people I've ever met. And mostly because I was begging her to tutor me. She's an actor turned content creator who shares everything from acting tips to fashion tips and more. From Grace O'Malley student nights to influencer dinners, I've been lucky enough to have this friend guide me through my entire life here in Toronto. Please welcome to Talking Fast, Tori Webster. Sarah, what an intro. That's Thanks. so kind. Isn't so many memories we've lived together. There's a lot. It's like there's a lot more in between like the few lines that are there. But yeah, it's no. crazy. When you, when you say like almost eight years ago, you're like, oh shoot, that was like, Maybe it was almost nine. I might have even done the math wrong, but it's a long time ago. 2014. Nine. So, 2014. I'll tell you a crazy story. I was on an airplane yesterday and a woman came up to me and she said, so are you on reading week? And I said, oh, that's so nice. I've been out of school for a long time. Yeah. And she goes, oh, well, those hot boys sitting in row 14. I was just hoping you could set me up with one of them and thought you were on spring breakers. And I was Whoa. like, and it was Adam's row. I go, that is, I go, that is my boyfriend, but I do not know who the other two guys that's are. I'm so, so sorry. Funny. Yeah, it's been five years since we graduated, which is yeah. kind of crazy. I'm glad we still um, are looking young. I know, I know. I, like the round face always helps you. I always find I have a baby face because of it. But also first, not to jump in. Thank you for having me on. But separately, congratulations on the launch of a podcast. It's oh, like a huge you. feat. I've loved following along on your like content creation blossoming journey. Like you introed, like I've seen you from start to finish. It's been incredible to watch. But also a podcast is really hard to bring to life. I've done it myself. It's yeah. kind of intense in the first episode. So my first episode that I filmed of our podcast previously like we listen back and we're like we can't li- like this is so cringe like the audio is horrible it was like cutting all over the place so I listened to your first episode today and I was like oh my god they have fabulous audio like that's the yes. hardest part thank you so but yeah, much congrats. Oh, I really it's awesome. appreciate that I know it's been kind of crazy like that's why when I did enter this like content creator world it made it so much easier like because I knew like the first few events I got invited to I'm like oh my god at least Tori will be I text Tori really be like I got invited to an event will you at least be there because I always knew I had like a person there which most people don't have so I was That's very true. lucky to have like you and I already knew Jacqueline through yeah. you before so I felt so lucky I felt like I was already with the cool kids like at these events by the time because you are you're a veteran like you've been doing this for so long now which is kind of crazy too long some might say <laughs> but like how is I mean I always tell this story to people like I remember in 2014 we're in this restroom and like you're showing your Instagram to me or whatever and you're like yeah and like someone's gonna pay me to post about like I don't even remember what the product was it, it might was have been crazy like it was might have been hair extensions might have been this that who knows what it was back Scotiabank was actually my first client that's so crazy. in oh, 2014 crazy. I know not to give Scotiabank that love but they really were that's crazy a little bit ahead of the curve, I guess, because 2014, literally first year university, yeah. was the first time I had ever monetized my channel. Which is crazy. And yeah, it was Scotiabank reached out and they said, we'd love to partner with you. And, you know, and it was like a long term package deal, too, which is actually the reverse of what was ask. happening at the yeah. time. It like at that time, it was very much the transactional. Yeah, yeah, Here's yeah. a pair of Hollister jeans and like post a photo in them. But yeah, Scotiabank just weirdly had the budget and had the foresight to have this like long term partnership idea and I was blown away and my parents pulled me aside and they said you know you've been spending a little bit too much time on this Instagram thing <laughs> we just really want you to focus on school and and I was still mm-hmm. acting like working I was I was yeah. busy and they were like we don't want you to be posting your life online and I said no 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 give me six months let me show you what my income statement looks like after six months and if I you know hit a certain bracket or if I'm successful you gotta let me continue on so I did I like took the deal did all the things and then showed my dad after six months and he said great carry on <laughs> so that's where how does that confidence come from because that was like relatively early on in the creator economy mm-hmm. like you're 
saying yeah. it's rare for a big bank to be coming with a large package deal. But like, where do you get the confidence at that year then to like say, you know, I can turn this into a actually like a viable business? I was just lucky. I was connected with a lot of American creators at the mm. time. And I think that's where the disconnect happened from the Canadian market. We weren't there yet. Like we're always yeah. about two or three years behind, always. but specifically in the influencer market, we just were not there. The budgets were not being delegated mm -hmm. online yet. There was no like social ads running. That just wasn't the space we were in. But I had a lot of LA friends that were saying hey we're doing these Instagram ads we're doing these Facebook paid ads and just in very casual conversation just kind of bringing it to my attention and mm -hmm. talking about their experiences so I was just lucky to have mentors I think in the US that were already seeing it as a business so I from the beginning had that mindset that if it ever came to Canada at that scale that I could kind of shift it to, to my liking. Yeah. So was your early days then like mostly working with American brands and with American agencies It was, and stuff? yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. For the, probably the first, I mean, most Wild. of you yeah, maybe the first two years specifically, mm -hmm. mostly U.S. And like, again, weird, under the table, PayPal, PayPal yeah. deals. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Remember the days of PayPal deals. Specific. Yeah. Remember yeah. the days. I got paid via PayPal like two months I know, ago. But it was just so <laughs> much more it was, common. It was different. And it was like always you had to add 5% to cover the fees. Yes. Or like the people, the brands that would be like, oh, you know what? Don't worry about it. We're going to pay you via family and friends. Yeah, PayPal. the family and friends. You still get that family and friends <laughs> yeah. discount. It was crazy and so then, yeah were you so you, were you i know you just mentioned that you had like mentors in the mm -hmm. creator space but like were you doing this all yourself or with a manager i'm curious from mm -hmm. like the, the perspective of a talent manager like what was the world back then totally i for the first two years again it was just me but let's be clear like i was taking my 500 bucks out of my paypal running to Gracie's with yeah. Sarah and buying everyone yeah, shots. buying everyone shots. Like, that was very much the culture. That was my yeah. mindset at the time. Like, right. I can't go into it saying I, I knew that I would build it to what it is today, but yeah. I definitely always treated it like a business and very professionally. So sure. I always managed that side of things for those first two years and was able to do it myself. Then it was probably second year when I started just to like get a bit nerdy into school and I was spending so much more time reading and writing and just mm -hmm. kind of being a nerd that I was like, how am I going to read all my contracts and do the other stuff? Maybe I do need a team. And I had had someone reach out at the time. And at the, like this was like the blogger era now. Yes. So like 2015, 2016, everyone had a blog. Yeah. And I just wasn't that person. No. I, I could, didn't have the output. Like I didn't have the time while I was in school to be blogging. <laughs> but I did enjoy Instagram and I was already kind of natural doing the Instagram thing yeah so this team took me on they tried to convince me to be a blogger I was like guys just let me live in my like happy little Instagram <laughs> bubble at the time and they did and they were they were instrumental I would say in getting me those four opening the door that's what I would say they're instrumental mm -hmm. in opening the door letting me go into events make those personal connections meet brands face to face um, some of those longer term partnerships started to begin in that time and then when I graduated they knew like they just knew the day I graduated I was like here's your 30 days yeah. just because I love the business side way too much and yeah. as soon as I graduated I knew I was going to want to handle that myself and, and you since that have. day I have yeah. Yeah, well and you always have lived beside like you like BSM 100 Tori's like putting her hand up and actually participating I'm like back there hungover from Gracie's the night before <laughs> like oh my god I'm like can we talk about this later um so at what point did you realize because you said you gave yourself like six months said mm -hmm. to your parents like I can prove that I can make money off this I can make my bar money I don't need like a regular totally. part-time job whatever so at what point did you realize like this is a viable long-term career for you 
was there like a moment or has it just kind of been you've continued to pivot and by second year by second year yeah I, guess, I think by second year yeah. I knew yeah uh, again based on trajectory but then also the way the 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 whole culture of the influencer space was changing Mm -hmm. like I was in the space at the time when it went from like blogger to then oh you're kind of being treated more like almost celebrity like it it shifted it was like oh we can have you host things and we can have you like it felt like brands were no longer afraid to put an influencer in front of the camera and, Mm -hmm. and have them kind of stand up and be an ambassador and so we think like pretty early on, I was like, yeah. oh, but maybe it's also just my blind confidence in the world. Like, who knows? <laughs> who knows, honestly? And then was there also a shift? Because I know like your background, you touched on it a little bit, is in mm-hmm. acting as well. Obviously, you were on Life with Boys, a big hit show, and then, you know, went on to <laughs> your studies. Yeah. But like... Your studies. <laughs> your education. They went so well at TMU. <laughs> sure. But like, what was the switch I guess, in career path. Was there one or just were you expanding your interests that you wanted to pursue? From Such a, a natural transition, honestly. Mm-hmm. I don't ever think there was a cut and dry even line in my head where, or like line in the sand where it became a certain way. I remember in like second year or third year starting mm-hmm. to use the analogy of like, if I'm a stove, like the acting's just on the back burner. Like I never right. had really, I never had really said like, you know, I'm, I'm hanging it up, kids. We're yeah. retiring. Like, I never I never did that. I still haven't done that. I still go on auditions all the time. Yeah. Like, uh, actors are hilariously forever unemployed, and I kind of love that about it. Yeah. Like, I, like, I always say I'm an actor because I am technically an actor. Not even but technically. Like, you are an actor. Sure, but, I like, that industry in itself stresses me out yeah. and has just changed so much. And I used to be so free. Like, I'd go into auditions as, like, a 10-year-old and just be like, what's up, everybody? And I feel like now as a 26 year old like don't enter a room with that same joie de vivre like I've like but you also fell into acting a little bit differently than most people did. Yeah, it was an accident. Like, you were doing musical theater, right? Mm-hmm. And then somebody, like, spotted you. And then wasn't Life with Boys your first audition? It was one of, yeah. Or, like, an I had early done. Oh, it wow. was early days. Like, I had done, like, a small Christmas movie, which still plays on Hallmark every year, which is triggering. <laughs> but, like, love that for me. Yeah. Thank you for my residual checks. But, um, but yeah, the uh, it was very early on. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, happy accident. I think anything that's not forced in life is meant to be there. And I, I feel that way about my acting career like one day I think maybe I'll just be on a Netflix show and then I'll be an actor again you know what I mean like yeah. well and also just, it's like not going anywhere like you still have the skills and you're still like doing things that are transferable skills that are like whether it be memorizing scripts or whatever for like totally. videos it's all transferable and it's also like even 30 years from now if yeah. you want to get into acting they need the hot moms on shows and stuff say, eventually isn't it crazy how many actors have transitioned and then been child actors but then gone away for like tw- Jason Bateman my true love of life he was a child successful <laughs> yeah. child actor and then kind of didn't work for like 10 15 yeah. years and then was like resurgence yeah well it's kind of my guy who just he keeps winning awards Frazier? no who is in like oh my god one of the early Spielberg yes, movies yes, right? yes. and then Kiwi Kwan yeah who just keeps winning yeah exactly it was like, just keeps winning, winning. he's gone <laughs> for like 30 years right right yeah so. he was in Indiana Jones then he didn't right. act for yeah literally like 20 30 years and then now like his first role back he's like like on, I mean by the time this goes out he might have an Oscar guys so. just wait for my Oscar it's it's coming it's, it's coming. still good years down the road it's but. still good <laughs> does um for people that don't know your boyfriend Adam yeah. is a cinematographer does Adam working in that field like ever give you the itch though again to like like maybe 
don't know, act more, I guess. No, I it's know. so interesting. It hasn't given me the itch to act more. If anything, it just makes me know that I'd be a fabulous producer. Like it makes me want it. It makes me see it on producer. the other side. Mm-hmm. Like it makes whenever I chat with him about like his movie making or shooting commercials, yeah. I'm never actually thinking about it from the actor's perspective. I'm like, oh my God, why would they put that ten thousand dollars? Like I just it's always way I always yeah. say I'm eighty percent business, twenty percent creative. I've obviously been able to monetize and leverage my creativity, but way more focused on the business side so I think yeah and the business the is film. where the longevity comes from too you mm-hmm. would be a great produce, producer because half of being a producer if not like 90% of it is just scheduling and money exactly and telling people which what a lot to of do. people and having strong opinions <laughs> no, yeah. I know and, and then and then getting shit done <laughs> yes exactly yeah. exactly and sending emails without the explanation point. exactly <laughs> no emotion no emotion I, I love an exclamation point though come do on do you yeah yeah, uh, I did want to go back though because you did. You mentioned like your early management team mm-hmm. wanting to kind of put you in that blogger hole. I'm just kind of curious or mm-hmm. uh, pigeonhole, curious of your perspective on this because it's something that we've talked about on the podcast here and there. But it's like the difference between a creator kind of like finding their niche mm-hmm. or you know producing content that kind of hits a broad range Mm -hmm. so you can have like that was maybe more popular early early days of instagram you have your travel instagrammer that only exclusively posts about Mm -hmm. travel you're someone i think who probably hits on a lot of different niches Mm -hmm. so where do you fall on that debate and where do you think that's going in the future that was strategic for me at the time i was comparing myself to all these bloggers that had these lifestyle pages that Mm -hmm. were hitting so many different categories and i thought okay so how can i make my instagram that way because Mm -hmm. i would love to be able to talk about what i'm buying at the lcbo but also about what mascara i'm using but also about you know what book i'm reading on a friday night how and that wasn't like the lifestyle influencer wasn't necessarily fully born yet like it existed yeah. but not not in that full way so I remember thinking to myself at the time and like I used to sit in different lectures and I'd write out different categories like on a Monday should I be talking about makeup and on a Wednesday should I be talking about fitness and was strategic about bringing in different parts of my life to kind of open up that conversation in a bigger way not only with brands obviously that was a part of the the conversation but also bring in a community in a different way like someone that might be interested in something beyond just makeup like I was never like niched down I'm still not like yeah and I think that makes sense honestly that's the kind of the the side of the debate that I fall on too is that it makes look just for the exact reason you're talking about you're the kind of ambassador that is for lack of a better term like the vehicle that allows people to kind of like see themselves in you and it's not like you know a a traditional travel instagram or travel creator um people are seeing the destinations through a person as opposed to like wanting to be Mm, that person person, right which i think is a lot more valuable like long term Mm -hmm. because you see like influencers pop up and like have a little bit of a 15 minutes for a year a couple of years and then they kind of fall away but i I think you're 100 right and probably you know for at least in my opinion, why you've probably had longevity in the business as well is probably, you know, falling along those lines. Yeah, I feel like more people nowadays, it's like, it's like, I don't have a niche. I'm the niche. Like, that's, yeah. I think, mm-hmm. what people are more so approaching it as now. Um, Which because- I always find is so interesting, though, that, like, certain managers and whatnot will try to tell, will still tell people to like find a niche which I don't think is is necessarily like the good thing to do if you had told me to find a niche I'd kick you out of that <laughs> <laughs> see you later um what's been the biggest key to your longevity do you think as a creator because like, mm. you've had to pivot a lot working hard and being nice to people yeah like full stop like yeah. I think there's a lot of people that 
actually just don't execute on a job, which seems easy enough, but you'd be surprised. I think a lot of people deal with creators that have a lot of ego, Mm -hmm. that don't hit deadlines, that don't do the work, that don't show up on time. And I think all of those things like combined is kind of why the word influencer has a bad reputation. A negative connotation, 100%. And I also think... I've worked really hard to actually be okay with that word because in the way that I've conducted my business and the Mm -hmm. way I've been able to survive the waves of the industry, I think it's okay to be called an influencer. Like we're tapping into a specific community. We're doing all these things. But for me, it's like long-term clients, long-term partnerships, like clients and people that I've worked with since 2014. Like that's what's important for me is those relationships behind the scenes um, that has really kind of, I think, kept me afloat. I think a lot of my repeat business is just friends and people that yeah. enjoy working with me. Like, it's that simple. Yeah. Well, okay. So we actually met years ago now, we like did. once. I think it was like five <laughs> years ago. And I was the plus one of a friend, Edward. We love this, Edward. Like, <laughs> event. Shout out, Edward. Shout Rowe. out, Edward. Um, but that's something that I remember about you, too, because there were a lot of people like in the room. It was a wine event at a hotel in Prince Edward County. Mm-hmm. And uh, you were you're also you must be. I only saw you in this one room, but like a connector. Like you were talking to everyone. You seemed like you enjoyed talking I to everyone. I love people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I think has got to be like, you know, you can sit in a room with a ton of creators and mm-hmm. kind of you can pick out who genuinely enjoys the experience of working with people just off of your point of like the repeat business mm-hmm. being with friends. It's like that's how you build those relationships. A hundred percent. That's so nice. And I honestly, there is no truer joy than yeah, like an event where I get to connect with like other creators or brands and make those personal connections. I think it's what's also kept me excited about Mm -hmm. the industry for so long. I mean, I work alone. That's a very insular experience, especially for a Leo when we get our energy from from other other people. people. (laughs) (laughs) So I love the event circuit and getting to know people and getting to know brands. And I think that has really lent to my ability to make connections. And also like just the art of the follow-up. Like I will just like still Mm -hmm. be the person that's like, let's just go for dinner. Like regardless of if you have a project for me, like let's just connect and be humans about it. And honestly, nine out of 10 times, someone calls me two weeks later. Hey, we'd love for you to be on this project. It's just that way. Like people want to work with people that when there's like a genuine connection. And also like not enough people do follow up. Like, I mean, you've been doing this forever. How many people do you meet at events or whatever that go, um, oh, like we have to get a drink sometime or we should do, and then you, and it's silent, it's do. nothing. And like, that's where you and I are very similar. We're always ones that will follow up, but like you've been this way forever. Like even I find you can really judge a person if like they can bring all their friends together and their friends can all become friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, I think that's a really good telltale of like good energy and good people. Like we'd be having like dance parties in Tori's university <laughs> kitchen with like people I've never met before, but it's like, we're dancing Mamma Mia, it doesn't matter. And it's just like, good people because it's like oh well we all love Tori so it's like we'll all get along with it so I think like you apply that to your business as well which is probably mm-hmm. why it's been like so successful for I know I'm weirdly still that way yeah. all of my friends are friends with my other friends yeah. because it makes it easier it's so confusing but I'm always, I am I always love connecting other yeah. humans that I think are just sick people yeah. and they all need to be friends I think <laughs> it makes life way easier when all of your friends are friends with each other because right. I'm like you don't have to ever worry about people being awkward or uncomfortable at your house like if you had a dinner party you could sit yeah. them anywhere and it shouldn't matter and surround yourself with other successful people that are bringing you up. Like I think 100%. becoming friends with people that are also in the industry. Like there's this fear, especially in Canada, this like lack of abundance mindset. Like everyone thinks they're fighting for the next job or they're yeah. only going to be that one influencer that gets the gig. In my experience, it's not 
not like that at all. Like I think being friends with other influencers or Mm -hmm. people in PR or people in that space has only made it a more fulfilling experience because not only do they want to help you raise yourself up, but then when you have an exciting thing that you can bring them in on, like it's always working to, to level itself up together. I don't know. Abundance mentality. This episode is sponsored by Sleep Country Canada. Sleep Country Canada is proud to celebrate Sleep Awareness Month and to sponsor World Sleep Day on March 17th to help awaken Canadians to the power of sleep. Join Sleep Country in the 248-hour sleep challenge to get eight hours of better, higher-quality sleep every night for 31 nights through small daily actions that help build better sleep routines. Whether it's going to bed at the same time every day to develop consistency, staying off devices one hour before going to bed, or setting your thermostat to a comfortable temperature, small daily actions can help you have better tomorrows through better tonight. Make sure to visit sleepcountry.ca to find out more details on the 248-hour sleep challenge. Welcome back to our voicemail segment where every single week we try and give advice. We answer questions. They can be serious, not serious, life advice. We try to give it all. I think Tori's going to be great at giving advice. So are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. So the first one's not actually advice. I picked this one because it's kind of silly goofy and we don't really get these questions that often. The first one's just, what's your favorite type of candy and do you prefer savory or sweet? Ooh. Good question. Jacob? Okay, well, I love candy. I'm a huge candy guy. I first of all, sweet over savory, no question. Wow, I'm not savory a question. over sweet. Really? I'm savory yeah. over sweet as well. Really? Give me chips and dip mm. over a bag me of candy too. any day. No, give me gummy bears. <laughs> give me chocolate. Oh, interesting. Give mm. me cookies. What's your favorite type of? No, I'll, treat okay, favorite sweet type treat. of treat. Honestly, not kidding. Milk chocolate, and I'm talking like mm. cheap milk chocolate, like like Reese's Pieces, or we no like off cheaper. brand, like store brand. Mm. No name, okay. I would eat, <laughs> like hit me with the no name. I would no eat. Name I would eat like a, bars? I went through a phase. This is embarrassing. I went through a phase where like every day at lunch I would eat. <laughs> I would go to the dollar store. This okay. is this is like and get like a knockoff Mars bar. Aren't they always a little bit expired from the dollar yeah. store? Yes, yes. You this, but you like one specifically. <laughs> this is also a weird thing. I like like stale like- Fruit Loops. <laughs> This is a I'm niche. going to retire from this podcast. Yeah. Now. Like, we're not egging you on. You're exposing all of this yourself. <laughs> what about you? What about you? Sweet, savory? Mm, listen, if I was at a dinner and I could choose to have another cosmopolitan or order dessert, I'm going to have a cocktail. I'm not like a oh, huge really? okay. I'm not a huge just, I don't dessert like person. I do like a cake in a certain moment, but I am more savory than sweet. Mm-hmm. Like I would prefer to have like a burger and fries or like a pho yeah. versus like sit down and eat like gummy yeah. bears. You're not messing up a tiramisu. No, I'm not a tiramisu guy. Uh, I don't love tiramisu. I don't even like really love creme brulee. Oh wow! I know. Yeah. No, I'm definitely savory over sweet. I'm not a cake person at all. Like I. Well, we I, know I, this about you because there was there were specific requests. Uh, the birthday at my event. Birthday. Yeah, mm. so like that's why my friends brought me like cops donuts, and I'm not even a donut yeah. person. But cops are like little like I, I can know, mess with those. those. Yeah, are because good. The te- it's like a big texture thing. So I'm not a sweets person really. I'm savory, so I'll always be. Yeah, like. I love a chip Chips. and a dip. A That's chip, good. A chip and a dip is what my snack is. Do you want to go with the next one? Yeah, question? voicemail question number two. How do you deal with personal and professional rejection, specifically in your early 20s? Mm. I think 
get used to it. It's going to happen the rest of your life. I mean, I know that's kind of maybe not the answer people want to hear, but I actually think that rejection is just redirection. And if you see it that way, then you always know that there's another bus around the corner. Well, my dad used to say to me when I was a kid, opportunities are like buses. There's always one around the other block. And I'm like, that's just so (laughs) true. Like that's just an accurate way to live. So when, I guess as an actor too, I've just, I'm so like I've been living with that rejection since I was 12 years old. Mm -hmm. If you're not having fun, get out of that situation for sure. But like rejection is also just a piece of life. It's a great way to keep your ego in check as well. I think I've been as humbled as I am in life because of the rejection and the ego checks. Yeah. Personal rejection though. Like if like I I mean, the thing is it's always going to happen as well. And also another thing that like brings your ego down. Like I always say like everyone's got to go through a couple good heartbreaks in their Mm -hmm. life because if you don't know what that feels like, then you don't know. How like, to treat other how people. How to treat other people. You don't know what, I mean, when something's really good, how important it is to protect it because you don't know what that feeling's like. So I think it's as as like cheesy as it is. Yeah, it's all part of life and it's always going to happen. Um, professional rejection for me, I've just, <laughs> I have a mentality if I get like rejected in like a professional setting, mm-hmm. I just go, I didn't want it anyways. Oh, really? And, like I've, I've been really actually good about that. And it's, I don't know, it's like tricking my brain to be yeah. like, oh, I'm, I was getting ready for the next thing anyway. So it's kind of your exactly. same mentality of like, the bus is always coming around the corner. Don't worry. I'm like, oh, I was too like, I don't know. I just like hype myself up. Obviously, like I still like take constructive feedback or like whatever if it has to do with that type of situation. But yeah, I just can trick myself into being like, onward and upward like that um that like lucky girl mindset like that, yeah. that whenever totally. it talks about now if you can just like trick yourself into that I think that's I think personal well. rejection in general is a lot harder than professional rejection I know oh, yeah oh, absolutely Pro- professional you can usually be like well you can keep it in your own little you compartment in your brain yeah, and be exactly. like mm, didn't get that but personal one. it's hard not to take personal like, well okay that's what right? I was just gonna say is like my advice there is to tr- like of course, probably as soon as it happens, you're going to take it personally. No mm-hmm. one's perfect at like that aspect of the self-care of it. But that's, I think, the most important part is that oftentimes, especially you're talking about heartbreak, it's like people grow apart, some things happen. Mm-hmm. And even though, you know, someone doesn't want to be with you anymore, it's not like there's something specific that you've done or could have changed, right? Mm-hmm. Without changing yourself, which is not something that you should ever probably do to try to fit into the box of someone else. Mm-hmm. And then on the professional rejection side, I always just write it down and I'll use it as fuel yeah. and be oh, like, God, I will show you when that's I'll remember. Sometimes it's fun to use it as fuel. Like if you do get rejected like personally, it's always those people that come back around once you're successful. It's like, oh, oh, it's so nice to hear from you, (laughs) asshole. Yes. I love those moments. Basically just trick your brain. Wait, do we swear on this show? Yeah, yeah, we do. What is it? It's not R. Explicit. Explicit. We're explicit on show. Okay, so kind of actually going with like the whole rejection mindset. It's, I mean, kind of friendships personal relationships it's a question i've gotten asked every single week on the show mm-hmm. but i think you're a good person to talk to about it how do you deal with toxic friends and how to end friendships i think it's a thing totally. when we're talking about like especially for like young women in their early 20s like i think they deal with it a lot and figuring out adult friendships but how what advice would you give for someone that's trying to deal with toxic friendship or ending friendships and how to manage I think that it's okay to hold your friends to the same standards that you would hold yourself. Mm. What I mean by that is if you know that you would show up for a friend in a certain moment and they don't show up for you, like, okay, maybe a little bit of a tick. Like, and 
not consciously, but I think like over time, if you start to have a problematic friend where those ticks start to become like a lot of red check marks and you're like, okay, this is kind of become like we're, 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 we're at a point of contention. Like you're mm-hmm. not showing up for me in the way that I would show up for you. Either it's a conversation like, hey, maybe you're going through something and I'm going to give you that grace because that's just who I am as a friend and I have that deep loyalty to people that I, I want to see it through. Mm-hmm. But if then it's still not met and your expectations and you're always constantly being let down, I think it's totally fine to walk away. And I have walked away from friendships. And I've also had people walk away from friendships with me because – like on the reverse, when you do hold your friends to that high of a standard, if someone doesn't want to be in that type of friend group mm-hmm. or that type of energy, I can really respect that. But it has to go both ways. Like it's like any relationship. You, I would treat it the same as as a as an emotional relate, like as a as a partnership mm-hmm. relationship. Like if they're not showing up for you, it's a line in the sand. I also like the theory of like putting friends in certain tiers. Like I think that's fair enough. I like, 100% think I that's that. fair. I love that. Yeah. But it's, but like some people like, could so funny. no, I completely agree. You I have know. To. You have to. Like you have your tier ones that are like ride or die. They're going to put you in your grave one day. God bless them. For Finally sure. horizontal. They're going to stand there and be with you. <laughs> but then there's going to be the tier two friends that like you're going to party with and live your best life with. You yeah. still love them. It's just different and you it's don't different. have to hold them to those insane standards. So yeah. And just understanding those boundaries, I think, is yeah. important. And I think you point out, like, talking about how it's like a relationship with a partner. I actually think it's weird that we don't, that more people don't view friendships that way because, yeah. like, it's very similar. You're being vulnerable with people, you're like building trust, you're doing all this. But there's no, like, friendship breakups really like it's not the same as like when you're, you're like done with a partner you guys can go you don't I don't want to no, have the closure I don't want to yeah. do this anymore and like you can't just like break up with somebody as a friend like maybe you can it's always I've, the soft I've, launch I've, yeah. or the, what would, the soft closure yeah, the, soft, <laughs> the soft closure <laughs> or I've never had a friendship breakup that's that easy I think it took me a long time to realize that like some people are just there for a part of your life too yeah. and like it works in that sense but as people grow um, as we talked earlier, people grow apart and that's totally okay as long as you can recognize that. And I think as long as you have a mutual respect, I agree. Um, that's the most important thing. Like there are people that at one point I thought was going to be like the maid of honor at my wedding. If you ask me, we were mm-hmm. so tight for so long and we don't speak anymore. And that's okay because we grew apart and I'll check in and see like how they're doing like through other people. And like, just, I want the best for them still. I just think sometimes people aren't, like they're meant for an era of your life. They're not meant for your entire life. And that's totally okay. Granted, it doesn't make it easy though. You're allowed to outgrow friends. friends. The 100%. same way that you're allowed to outgrow relationships. Have you ever ghosted a friend? Like just not simply no, not respond to No, I don't. Have you? I, <laughs> I think I have. Yeah. I think I have. I, I've, I've done it to one person and we were really close friends. And basically what happened, what I was going to add to what you two are saying there is like, you should also be able to challenge a friend. And I agree. they I agree. just as you should in a relationship. And if they're, you know, you can have differing opinions on politics or anything like that. Right. Mm-hmm. But if you're not able to have a constructive conversation with don't a friend. Don't you hate it when a friend, you they act like they don't know where your heart is? Like if you say yeah, something wrong, yeah. then they pretend they don't know how good and your heart like is. And that's just like a defensive, like, you know. yeah, it's yeah. a defensive mechanism yeah. for someone because I'm not challenging, a, especially a tier one friend. Totally. You're never challenging a tier challenging a tier one friend to try to, you know, knock them down or no. make them no, feel bad or point best. out a flaw. You're literally, you just have their best uh, interests in mind exactly. and you want to feel comfortable in that friendship. So to just come back with defensiveness doesn't make any sense. And then if 
the action that they're taking is something that is, you know, a, a repeated friendship offense, I don't have any problems just like cutting that off cold turkey. And I've done it. I'm kind of more that way as well. I'm pretty cut and dry. I give people too many chances, unfortunately. Do you? Yeah, I've always been that way. And I'm I'm a slow burnout kind of person. Don't you I'm think getting one better. chance is enough? Like what I I wish I've I wish. just never been <laughs> if you do <laughs> Granted, one I'm in therapy now and it's like the same thing I talk about. It. I'm in therapy and we talk about this a lot though, is like I like it's about holding like people your friends to that standard. That's a huge mm-hmm. thing I talk about is like when people don't do the type of things that I would do for them like that's now what I'm very aware of and so like now I'm very aware of that and I think tiered friendships is a great way to view it someone maybe and even if someone was a tier one friend maybe they won't be forever maybe they end up moving to tier two or tier three and that's totally okay it's just a way of protecting your own peace and and the best quote is I've seen on the internet when people go pay attention to how you feel when you're around certain people and that's been a big thing too through therapy that I've learned because that's really what's been able to help me I think see more clarity on that with adult friendships especially. Yeah, like well, are you, yeah. go ahead. No, I was just going to say when people show you who they are, believe them the yeah. first time. Like I believe in second chances and I believe that friends can make mistakes and every like we're all human, we're all going to mm-hmm. like mess up here and there. But I do think there is something to be said about when someone has like repeat business of being a bad person. Like that's where I'm with Jacob and I'm like, you can do me dirty once. And then I'm like, yeah, well, that's like, yeah, I was going to say you're tier one. And then if you get knocked down, you're uh, do something immediately tier two, maybe three. But I'm also a Leo. Like if you do me dirty, then I'm kind of like, now I hate you. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like there's no in between. I either am with you until the grave. Yeah. But you know what? I appreciate that. Cause like one thing that I pride myself on is like being loyal and, tr- and, and building up trusting relationships exactly. with people. And like, if you're not going to offer me the same, I know that I'm confident in being able to offer you that. Exactly. And if you're not going to meet me halfway, I think it's fine for someone to have their own standards of like, look, my bar is going to be set really high here. Maybe we just can't be friends if you're not going to meet it. <laughs> come up to my level. Don't come <laughs> up at all. But yeah. to the, like the, 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 I guess, softer way to say that is also just like the people do have different personalities and opinions on things and mm, whatnot. And I like, have been told I'm harsh before. <laughs> fair. And like you say, Sarah, like it's not necessarily a bad thing that some friendships are seasonal. Even if you are totally. really close yeah. friends with someone for years and years and years. Don't hold yourself back uh, by being afraid of growing a part of those friendships if it's going to hold you back from, say, world domination or Exactly, but it's also changing with the tides. Like, people are so obsessed with the fact – I mean, like, we were never tier one friends to each other Mm -hmm. because that just wasn't the way that our friendships were interconnected. But isn't that also interesting that real people with real, like, humility and no egos about it, it's like, well, that's why we've been able to actually stay friends because we just actually have mutual respect. Yes, yeah. And can grow together and just be like, hey, call me if you ever want to get a drink yeah. and it's just that way it's like I will always respect you I'll always cheerlead for you from the sideline doesn't mean I have to call you every single day and be that way yeah but it's like people need to be more like that yeah, like just have a standard level of just being and not everyone has to be your best like person. your best best friend well like, yeah. it's like like friendship just like exactly and that's what's well, like yeah. longevity with that's it something too. that I was gonna say too is that I also have a lot of friends that like I would still consider friends yeah we're at one point very close friends but we've mm-hmm. kind of drifted apart maybe we don't check in very often totally but like if they were sitting in front of me right now I would still just like shoot the shit with them as if we were that's literally the 
every exactly. time we see each other. Yeah, exactly. and it's like there's something so special about that. Those people, for that, like, sure. Then, yeah. then when you get to see them, it's like nice because you get to like have all these things to share. Totally, which yeah. is amazing. Which is yeah. what we're gonna do after this because we've gone way too long. Yeah, she's saying <laughs> wrap it we're up. We're getting the wrap up. <laughs> Thank you, peasant. Did you write on the card? Okay. What? And we have a card. Thank you for coming on the show. No way. You might have already read this book, but I bought you a book because I know you like reading. Wait, I actually was pulling inspiration from my trip books from the books that you had reviewed. Oh. I read, um, I think it was one that you had read. It was something about the summer it happened. Yeah, every summer after. Every summer after. Yeah, did you love yes, it? Carly I loved Fortune. it. I know, Canadian author. I really loved so it. So the TV series is coming out. Did you already read it? I have not read this. Okay, so the TV series is coming out. She so has your last come... name. I know. Not your sister. Re- not related. <laughs> I wish. Um, Wait, beautiful. The series coming out. Guys, I Daisy you. Jones and the Six. So it's all, all of our gifts are about self-care. So everything that bag is for like a little self-care Wait, moment thanks, for you guys that's so nice There's like a bath bomb and some chocolate that jacob might steal from what? you so and when you ax your next friendship you know you can just have <laughs> a self-care moment <laughs> a self-care for moment. myself thank you so much for coming thank on you show. for having me guys honestly congratulations so on all the success of the podcast wishing you guys the world oh, this thank is, you um, so much. it's so cool i love a I love a podcast. I love. I love listening to podcasts, so it's fun to be on one. Um, now is your chance if you want to shamelessly self-promote or promote anything. Your camera's over there if you want to. Um, if you have a PSA to the people, whatever you want. Hey, guys. Thanks for watching. Talking Fast. My name is Tori Webster. You can find me on all the social platforms under my name. See you there. I love that. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening or watching. Uh, you can check out a new episode of Talking Fast every single Wednesday, and we will see you next time. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.